You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it is time for an all-new Let's Talk About. Uh, If this is your first time listening to Let's Talk About, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Let's Talk About is a chat show where I'm joined by a guest. We talk about their life, their loves, and a movie that has had an impact on them. Uh, If this is, you know, a return visit for you, How's it going? How you been? Uh, I don't really have any updates since last time that I can think of, at least. Um, So let's see. So went through October, did Hooptober, and completed it, and that was awesome. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And then I took a break uh, because I've I've, uh, moved. I've moved to a different residence. Uh, and I have a new space that I'm recording. So I'm trying to figure out how this sounds because <laughs> it's new. Um, looking at the levels on Audacity, I look, this microphone looks like it's a little quiet. Uh, I've got a new microphone too. And I don't want to like lean completely forward to talk into the microphone because I feel like that'll be annoying and I know how I am. So by the time uh, the episode progresses, I'll like lean back. And, like, be further away from the microphone, and that's not going to be any good. Uh, walls are bare, so there's nothing on the walls, so that's going to make everything sound a little tinny right now. I'm also in, like, a little nook, which is different. Um, but I love this space, so I'm going to try to to get it set up so that it's how it needs to be. Um, but that's neither here nor there. What you're, what you're here for is the content. And let me tell you, this week's episode delivers. I am joined uh, by Mr. Chad Barker. Uh, Chad is a movie fan. He also volunteers at the State Theater from time to time. Um, And this talk was a ton of fun. Uh, Just really, really great. And he got me to watch a movie that I had never seen before. And uh, you'll find out in a moment how I felt about that movie. So, go ahead and pop some popcorn grab a soft drink, kick back, relax, and let's talk about Blackbeard's Ghost. All right, everyone, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, I am excited for this episode for a multitude of reasons. Uh, The biggest one is that I got a chance to experience a movie that somehow escaped me for 42 years of existence uh, and watched it and fell in love with it. And my love for that movie is now thanks to my guest today, uh, movie buff and state theater volunteer, Mr. Chad Barker. Chad, how you doing? I'm doing great, Andy. How's it going? It's going really well. I uh, I kind of uh, uh, spoiled the the twist of the podcast. I <laughs> I love the movie that you suggested. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, just, I was I was so locked into this movie. Just felt myself kind of like filled with this uh giddy joy that made me super nostalgic for old uh like the old live action disney movies of the 60s and 70s uh it was yeah just, this was just great well we'll talk about that movie later but i just awesome. wanted to 
to let you know that this is this is totally friendly territory uh because man i loved this movie so oh good i've been uh, sweating it for like the past week and a half since we decided <laughs> That, that was going to no. be the movie. <laughs> so, so great. So great. Awesome. Uh, before we get into that, Chad, sure. let's talk about you. I'm going to kick things off with the same question that I ask all of my guests right yeah. off the bat. And that is, Chad, who are you? Where did you come from? What is your origin story? Oh, my gosh. My origin story. I yeah. feel like I'm in my own MCU movie all of a sudden. Right, a real um, superhero here. Right? Do I get a superpowers after this? I, I don't know how you, this works. You so. tell me which one you want, and that is now your, oh. your new superpower. I'm going to have to think about that one. We'll, we'll decide maybe <laughs> at the end. So, yeah, I, I've been a resident and uh, of Sioux Falls, South Dakota my entire life, born and raised here. Um, gosh, uh, where to start? Uh, grew up watching movies, uh, primarily because of uh, my grandma, uh, which we can get into here in a bit, but uh, she was a movie theater employee uh, for about 55 years. And so as a child, I got into movies for free my entire childhood, which is uh, pretty awesome looking back on it, of course. Yeah. As, as a kid, you don't think of that. You know, you just, you're kind of given the reality, you know, you accept the reality that you're given. And right. so I, I didn't think of anything of it. It wasn't until I became an adult that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I had such a huge advantage over everybody being able to see all these films as a child uh, for yeah. free, basically. Um, <sighs> and then as I transitioned into an adult uh, with the state theater, you know, closing, uh, she did work there uh, for, for a few years and in, in sure. uh, uh, capacity uh, for uh, right there at the end. And so since they've reopened, I've kind of fallen in love with the state theater again and become a volunteer there. But I suppose I should back up a little bit. Um, yeah. So my grandma spent 55 years working in movie theaters around Sioux Falls. Mm -hmm. uh, the Granada, the Strand, the Hollywood, the Empire Six, the state, of course. Uh, I think she did a little bit of time at the Empire Seven. I, I have vague memories of that. Uh, sure. And then she finally ended her career at the Carmike uh, Theater. Gotcha. Um, and she finally retired, I think, only mainly because she had trouble driving or her hearing was kind of going a bit. Uh, and so she finally retired, but I don't think she wanted to, but she was like 86, 87 years old when she finally retired. Wow. Um, yeah. So growing up as a kid, getting to go to movies, uh, you know, wherever we wanted uh, was pretty awesome. And yeah, that was my babysitter uh, quite a bit as a kid. And so I have a lot of memories now at the state theater specifically, because that was, uh, you know, that, that fruitful time as a child when you're, when you're rambunctious during the summer months trying to find things to do. And so you end up, or I ended up anyway, going to movies yep. a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> in fact, one of the stories I think I told you uh, in my email originally to you was there was one particular summer uh, when Bill and Ted's, uh, what is the Bill and Ted's bogus journey? The second one when yeah. it came out, I had a particularly boring summer that year and went and saw that movie <laughs> 17 times in the theater. <laughs> over the course of those three months or however, you know, however long it was out at the time. And it's, so it's a fun movie. <laughs> it, it really is. I have not seen it since then. So I have not sure. watched that film. I, I can but understand boy, that. <laughs> there, there's a lot of uh, that movie ingrained in my brain though. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of a, a goofy, uh, goofy thing uh, that I did uh, when you're still, uh, still look back on it. Uh, semi fondly, semi cringily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the other, I, like, I, I remember my grandma taking me to the opening night of Jurassic Park when I was 14 wow. years old. Um, 
Beetlejuice is another great memory I have. We walked out of it. So Beetlejuice came out in 1988. I was nine years old at the time. And I think she thought it was a kid's movie for some reason. <laughs> no idea why we were taken to this film. Right. Uh, but we went into it. And I remember the the part where um, they make their faces up, like after they've gone to the other side. Yeah. Oh, and I, I can't remember the character. Of course, these names are escaping me sitting here. Uh, but they make up their faces to go scare uh, the Dietzes out of the house. And they come back, and that was the moment where we're like, okay, we're done, time to leave. And so it wasn't <laughs> until I was an adult that I really got to appreciate Beetlejuice. Now, of course, it's one of my favorites. I love watching it. Really yeah. excited for the sequel. You know, real happy about that. Um, so, yeah, that's, God, is that enough of my origin story? Yeah, I think that's great. I think that gives <laughs> us lots of lots of diving off points. Right. Uh, so Sioux Falls for your, mm -hmm. your your entire life. Uh what was your kind of like I guess what was your kind of childhood like in Sioux Falls? Did you have a, a good time outside of the movies? Were you like uh uh you know rambunctious kid? Were you someone that liked to participate in like sports activities? Or what was kind of your I guess kind of like hobby as a kid was it was it just strictly kind of movie watching or were there other things that you kind of found yourself gravitating towards no it was pretty much movie watching um because yeah. it wasn't until i was about oh, 13 or so that i got my first computer and sure. i became a computer nerd and that kind of yeah. transitioned into my current job i'm an i work in it i work in the information security field nice. um and so that uh, you know, I can trace that my, my current job, I can trace back to me being a 13 year old, getting my first computer and then becoming, yeah. you know, that became my hobby at the time. Uh, right. Prior to that, though, it was pretty much movies. I was an introverted little nerd. You know, I, I enjoyed comic books, uh, didn't collect a lot of them, you know, didn't grow up uh, uh, with a lot of money as a kid. We uh, we yeah. weren't uh, uh, too well off, but uh, we, we uh, made it by anyway. I uh, was still able to collect a few. And so, yeah, that's like. Didn't have a lot of friends. You know, that's how you end up watching Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey 17 times, 17 times. Yeah, <laughs> over a single summer. <laughs> I totally get that. Right. Was it kind of, you know, I don't I don't know necessarily that, that you know, you think about the two things being connected. But is there mm -hmm. kind of like a, you know, maybe watching things like war games or, or sneakers or even hackers from the 90s, like something mm -hmm. that kind of like set your... Uh, you know, in, in the movie world, as far as computers are concerned, that kind of pushed you, you know, geared you more towards computers kind of in your you know, hobby uh, and professional life. Oddly enough, no, I think it did. I, I don't think yeah. it did. Um, sure. th they were not connected because it wasn't until later that I started, you know, seeing sneakers and war games yeah. and watching. You know, it's, it was many years later before I saw those films uh, right. growing up um, and kind of connected to the movie we're going to talk about later. It was Disney movies. My mom yeah. uh, was a big influence of that. You know, we had all the D, uh, VHS videos from Disney. You know, the Disney Vault uh, collection that they that they put out every few years. Uh, that was the primary driver uh, of my childhood. How on earth I got into the computer thing, I I don't know because I I can't yeah. connect it to anything else other than we were I was given a computer at thirteen, and then all of a sudden that became my focus. Um, yeah. And and yeah, that set me on that course. Was it like, uh, you know, was it was it gaming? Was that kind of what you're what you're focused on as far as computers were, you know, concerned at first, or was it like, I don't know, I I, I seem to remember like kind of in that time 
there mm-hmm. was like very basic programming that that kids and teenagers could do but i think i always feel like it was you know stuff like wolfenstein and doom yep. and you know even sim city where those were the things that were like oh yeah now i just want to play computer i just want to play computer games all the time that's what i want that that was that exact era yeah so doom yeah. uh duke nukem 3d sim sure. city you know i had all of those wolfenstein 3d uh it because it, it started off as oh, i want to play with this thing and learn how it works and maybe yeah. become a programmer and then realizing later that i don't really have uh the interest in programming uh yeah. realized that that was just not uh, where it was going to go um but still loved tinkering with it loved figuring out how it worked and so that translated into getting the games work because back then took a lot of effort to get some of those things to work for those yeah. who remember back in the old dos days irq settings and all of that nonsense and having to manually install drivers whereas now yeah things just kind of work by themselves for the most part right. but it was also the era of nintendo you know my cousin had a had a nintendo i had a sega genesis uh and so that was also part of it there you know that was a side gig uh, of gaming as well but the pc ended up kind of taking over that because it you know better graphics and more customizable you could play with things you know this is back when doom mods were a big thing at the time mm-hmm. uh you yeah. know and then next thing you know uh dial-up uh internet came around and yeah. i remember I, for anyone who's been in two falls might remember yeah but yebb.com it was kind of a a, a dial-up started by gosh I, if i can remember the guy's name mr christensen uh, I can't remember his first name offhand, but he he took that over and started it and started a business with it, and that was where I got my first dial-up internet from. Wow. So luckily, I never never got got into AOL and things like that. Luckily, I knew about them, but never got sucked into that stuff. Uh, and so I, I was able to uh, connect to bulletin board services, you know, yeah. the old uh, Usenet groups. Man, we're yeah. digging into my poor memories now uh, <laughs> of, of all of doing all of this. Uh, uh, you know, in my room when I was a kid, uh, downloading Doom uh, mods and installing them and seeing what crazy things you can do with it. Yeah, I had this weird flashback while you were talking, probably a thought that I haven't had in uh, more time than I would like to say. But mm-hmm. I remember there was, a, a, you could like, I don't know if it was bulletin boards or what, but they would have the phone numbers listed and you would yes. call from your modem and connect. And that would be where you would get access to like, you know, downloading files or, or, you know, uh, bulletin boards to talk to people and things like that. Like that was how we used to access the internet, uh, internet. And that was outside yep. of things like AOL and prodigy and stuff like that. It was just this, you know, random dial up. So I remember sitting with my dad for a long time, just going through all of these phone numbers to see what we could connect to and what we couldn't. And it was just like, it's, it's such a different world kind of looking back on how streamlined everything is now to how it was. It, it makes me feel, uh, it makes me feel old because I feel like (laughs) this is, this is a situation where I'm telling that story. Well, back in my day, this is what we did. And it's just, like, I don't think I, I even thought about that for, for years about how we would use to connect to the internet. And it was yeah. just, but, but the, the thing that you talked about there that really made that click for me were the doom mods, because it was like, yep. you would, you would modify the, the enemies to look like, you know, random pop culture characters or, or things like that. Like those was pretty high tech, but like there'd be, uh, uh, 
uh, decorations on the wall as you were playing the game. Like it was yeah. just so random, just kind of seeing what people came up with. Um, were you, I think you kind of said, touched upon this. You said you were a tinkerer a little bit. Were you someone that liked to take the computers apart and then kind of try and put them back together and maybe modify them on your own? Is that is that one of the ways it kind of started with your your tech brain? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I still do that today. I've built every sure. computer I've owned with the exception of like one or two that I bought off the shelf, but then immediately, you know, upgraded, tore apart, did things with it. And so, yeah, that, that immediately became part of it. So for those who remember, uh, my first computer was a 386, 25 megahertz, uh, little beast, uh, with, mm -hmm. I think I had four mega Ram at the time, which was considered quite a bit. Yeah. um for for the time and then i upgraded it to eight and thought i was you know oh my gosh this will last me forever yeah. of course you know our phone has 50 times that now right. uh, and that's that's what's so interesting you know is looking at my technology now and going gosh i you know thinking about it back to what i grew up with and i think of you know i have a small nephew uh who i get to play uncle to and i look at him and i go what is his memory going to be like 40 years from now when he's my age yeah. uh and what you know he because he's looking at a you know an iphone 14 today what's it going to look like for technology in 40 years for him you know what yeah. nostalgic things will he have I, you know that kind of stuff makes me feel old as well <laughs> <laughs> right right because this is like I, I look at these phones and tablets and things like that and i mean that's kind of my answer to a computer these days because i have my phone yeah. i don't necessarily need to get a, a computer i have my tablet i don't necessarily need to get my computer i have one because it's way easier to podcast with a computer than oh, it yeah. is anything else but uh, it's like i look at these things and it this to me is the newfangled device and it's like i i, I feel like i used to when i was younger just really be able to pick up on how computers worked and learn the new thing and learn about, you know, their speed and how you have to get the RAM to so that they can help go faster because the memory is pumping through them. But then you also have to get the hard drive here with the, the, the phone or the tablet. Like, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. I just think about, okay, I'm, I have the phone, I have this much space on it and I'm instantly connected to the internet. Like, there's no it's just there yeah yeah there's no thought process behind it and i almost feel uh i feel a little jealous that that you know <laughs> kids these days never had to go through that experience but i also feel like man that would have really added character <laughs> for, for them oh, to know that completely <laughs> yeah you know having to configure dip switches and other randomness um, and figure out printer drivers and all that kind of stuff yeah it's yeah it it yeah as i say it builds character <laughs> right, right. Oh, technology is an incredible, incredible thing. Right. Um, I want to I want to go backwards and and talk movies with you for sure. a little bit. Here. Absolutely. Uh, so you a lot of your kind of appreciation of movies kind of stems from you know being able to go see these movies in theaters while your grandmother's working. Was she a big like? Uh, you know, even outside of the job that she worked, was she a big movie person? Did she like enjoy getting to go to movies with you? Did she have movies at home that, that you would watch? Like what was, what was her kind of influence on you outside of the, you know, that's the funny thing. She, she wasn't really that into movies at all. Wow. If yeah. It, yeah. So, you know, she had quite a few grandkids and we all went to the movies and she would take us all the time, but she, I don't think if it weren't for us, I don't think she would have gone. Sure. And I always think back to that, like the, the memory that sticks in my uh, sticks with me is the night of Jurassic Park when it opened up 
If it yeah. wasn't for us going to it, she'd never go to that. She had no wow. interest in seeing Jurassic Park. You know, she was a Bob Barker Price is Right fan, soap sure. opera fan, sitting at home watching television, right? That was her yeah. thing. And after yeah. she retired, that was primarily what she did, right? She she kept up that tradition. Um, so yeah, if it wasn't for that, I, I don't think she'd watch hardly any movies at all. She loved interacting with people, which is why she kept doing the job as long as she right. did as well. Um, and I, I know, I know one of my cousins, cause obviously I, I was way too young for this, but one of my cousins, she did take them to star Wars when it first came out. Um, and the empire strikes back as well. I know that they, th those, uh, memories have popped up for them occasionally. Um, and so it wasn't until I was an adult before I got to see star Wars in a movie theater. So for me, it was all VHS and things like yeah. that. So at home, uh, I don't think we watched movies with her too often. It was mostly with my mom and dad, you know, we watched, you know, all the Disney films, the star Wars of the world, uh, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go with that. Let's talk about the Disney love because your, your, <laughs> your Instagram handle is yes. Disney nut, Disney nut chat. So that to yeah. me says right there that there is a huge like way of focus on uh, from your life on on disney movies so it's a problem did... yeah <laughs> it's, listen it's not a problem chad disney <laughs> rules where did that where did that love for disney kind of start from was it was it in that like watching those movies with your family like what what kind of i guess just how did that love for disney grow for you oh completely because you know i my formidable years are, of course, early 90s. That's the Disney Renaissance. You know, that's Little Mermaid, Lion King, all the classic yeah. animation. And I loved animation at the time. And I I also had an appreciation for the not only the art, but the technology that went behind it. You know, being a, a computer nerd at that time, now um, I'm going back. And, and back then, the, the Disney Channel used to replay these old Walt Disney specials where he would talk about the technology behind the parks. So the haunted mansion, pirates of the Caribbean, audio animatronics, all of those things. And I was utterly fascinated by them and still am to this day. Um, yeah. and, and it was that fascination that just carried me into adulthood of that technology. And like, just being fascinated with the, the idea of having Imagineers, uh, and having these people that put all this stuff into, uh, new ways of movie making and animation styles. You know, the the multiplane camera they invented back in, what was that, 1920s, 1930s, whenever it was when he did Snow White. Yeah. That kind of stuff is really what kind of hooked me into all of it. Uh, it was basically Walt and his vision and all the different things that he did. And then it ties in with a lot of the movies that we saw, you know, on VHS that we had, Snowball Express, the one we're watching today, Blackbeard's Ghost, um, those, those movies from the 60s, you know, the computer who wore shoes, the... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, I forget all the other ones, but there were so many where the special effects were so much ahead of their time and so innovative and interesting. And so that was where it all came from. And then you bleed that into the 90s uh, with the, the animation renaissance. And there I am. I'm hooked. Uh, and then as you know, we never had enough money to go to Disney as a kid. So I never got to go see all these cool things that I saw on television. It wasn't until I was an adult. I was 38 years old before I finally was like, I got to get down there and i finally yeah. went and now it's kind of a problem i have a friend who lives down there so i find an excuse <laughs> to go visit her well as long as i'm this close i might as well go visit the park see haunted mansion one more time you know yeah <laughs> and that's where it becomes a problem because uh you know you only make so much money and you can only <laughs> right and disney right? world is not not cheap not the cheapest boy, place on earth boy they are not the happiest place <laughs> yeah yeah 
Oh, um, was it like, was it just kind of there or was it like, you know, you, you know, maybe discovered stuff on Disney Channel or your, your parents liked something and that kind of like, uh, you know, influenced you to go in that direction? Like, was it was it kind of a, a, a discovery that you made on your own or was it something that it was like, oh, well, you've got this guidance from other people who are like, oh, watch, you know, watch Mickey Mouse, watch Donald Duck, like, and then and then go from there. What was what was that journey like for you? Oh, it was definitely, I think my mom influenced that pretty sure. heavily. She was into the, into all the animation and a lot of the movies, uh, you know, she loved Snow White and Cinderella and those. And so we watched those. And then as new movies came out, we would just add to the collection, um, and add it to the rotation of films that we watched on VHS at any home, or, you know, you go out and you rent a movie, well, oh, let's grab, uh, whatever, you know, Black Cauldron, you know, some, some obscure one that we had seen or Sword in the Stone or something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was probably heavily influenced by my mom and dad uh on that side of things did you uh, i remember you know you're 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 a hair older than i am just a just a Mm -hmm. little bit older than (laughs) i am but you know during our childhood was the era when the disney channel would cost a premium like on cable like it wasn't just included in the basic cable package were you someone that had the Disney channel or were you someone that waited for the free previews to roll around so that you could watch uh, random Disney programs or was that, was that never even anything that was, was part of your, uh, the Disney channel wasn't even in, wasn't even anything that you considered. Um, It was part of the, part of our package or not part of our package, but it was something that we purchased. Uh, We didn't have it all the time. It kind of came and went as we could afford it. Um, yeah. But it was something that, you know, it was one of the premium things that we were like, okay, if, if we've got extra money, we're going to get the Disney channel and we're going to do mm-hmm. this thing. And so, yeah, it regularly uh, influenced our TV viewing habits as well. And of course yeah. they, you know, did movies regularly on there. And yeah. so that's where you discover a movie and then go, okay, well, we're going to go buy the VHS and you watch it whenever you want. Right. Um, and so, cause yeah, cause that's the other thing about our childhood, right? Uh, VHS is uh, the format. It's the thing of yeah. uh, movie rentals, you know, around here, uh, pop and go video and blockbuster and Hollywood video and all of those, uh, back in the day, spent a lot of time and a lot of money in those places. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what were some of your, uh, I guess some of your shows of choice? Cause I remember, um, uh, Pooh's corner, uh, yep. the one where it was like the, the, like kind of giant puppets, like the people in costumes, but they look like giant puppets. Uh, Dumbo Circus was one for me. Yep. It just felt like, you know, and again, this might be, this might be age talking, but I feel mm-hmm. like the movie, those shows that we grew up with on Disney Channel were way better than all of the kind of like, you know, uh, kid dramas that were on there later on, like the, oh, the, completely. the Wire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because you got like, uh, you know, uh, DuckTales, right? And right. Uh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. You know, those yeah. are two of the, uh, those are the two that immediately come to mind where I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. these are the two things that are important to me. Um, yeah. and, and of course, now I, I can't think of some of the others. I know they there were like a dozen of them on there, I'm sure, uh, yeah. of different uh, series. Darkwing Duck, Darkwing uh, I Duck. thought was awesome. Um, did they get, no, they didn't have uh, Count Duckula. That was Nickelodeon, wasn't it? it was, yep, I remember yep, Nickelodeon, the, yep. Because <laughs> Nickelodeon was another huge influence on me, right? You know, yeah. you got, you can't do that on television, Double oh. Dare, uh, Dark, or uh, Duckula, Count Duckula, and yep. just all the shows that were on there as well. So basically between Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel, I had 
everything I needed in life right there. It was great. It was the greatest yeah. like double, uh, you know, one, two punch of, of children's programming. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I loved, you can't do that on television. It was a show that like, I don't even think my mom knew exactly what it was, but there were times where she was like, I don't want you watching that show. Like it's, right. it's on kids TV. It's okay for kids to watch it. They, they, they geared it towards kids, but she was kind of yeah. like, I don't want you watching that show. Yeah. It, it was a little subversive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, yeah. it made, it was like, it was the South park of its time, right? <laughs> the the Simpsons yeah. of its time. Right. It, where oh. where it was so weird and unusual, they're like, this must be bad. Why don't yeah. watch this? Um, <laughs> but, you know, we snuck it in. We, we still got to see it. And uh, yeah. now, thanks to the magic of YouTube, you can go back and watch lots of episodes and go, oh. what on earth was I watching? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, still good stuff, though. It's just oh, yeah. So good. Um, what were the things that you kind of, I guess, we, you know, we in general, of course, we talked about Disney and, and Nickelodeon yeah. that you gravitated towards. But like, what were some of the like, you know, I, I'm assuming probably the movie that we're talking about today was one that you kind of instantly claimed as a favorite. But what were some yeah. of the other ones that you really like, you know, found yourself drawn to? Not necessarily the animated ones, because I think we've kind of touched right. on those. But like, yeah. what were some of the other live action ones that you really found yourself enjoying? Well, I know Ghostbusters, you know, sure. being an eighties kid was an immediate hit. Uh even yeah. Ghostbusters too. Loved that Ghostbusters too yeah. as well. Even though it gets a lot of hate from folks, but I, I enjoyed it. I still do. Um and, and that, you know, during Halloween season, you know, it's like I want to dress up as the Ghostbusters. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So when Stranger Things had like their ghost but I'll call their Ghostbusters season, I'm like yeah. I wish we had those kind of access to those kinds of outfits uh, right. for Halloween. I would have just plossed myself. It would have been amazing to have that. Yeah. Um, Snowball Express is one that always comes to mind. It was made around the same era as as the one we're we're going to talk about later. Uh, Mary Poppins, you know, another live action Disney movie. Um, gosh, what? Now I'm, I'm taxing my poor brain on all the '80s. Basically, name any '80s <laughs> film. Uh, yeah. you know, that kids gravitated for, and I was there, I was all over it, you know. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Oh, there was, there was some really good stuff there. Like, I, I remember vaguely, uh, there, this was also the time of like, I mean, pay per view still exists, but this was the time where yeah. they would show, sometimes show Disney movies on pay per view. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, a discounted price, but it was still something that it was like, oh, well, you know, they didn't have this at the video store, but you can, you know, uh, pay for it to watch it. And this was, I lived in Omaha, so it was Cox Cable, so they had like the oh, yep. channel that you could go to. Um, and it was a a Kurt Russell uh, movie, which I know really narrows it down since Kurt <laughs> Russell was kind of Mr. Disney at the time. But right. I, I want to say that he was like... Uh, like a quarterback uh, who kind of got like mistaken as a, as a spy. I don't know, like a high school. I don't know. It was, it was a very vague, you know, the, my memories of it are very vague, <laughs> but it was just like, there was an energy to these kind of movies that I, I felt they were so uh, earnest. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that again later when we talk about this movie, uh, but they just feel so, genuine about wanting to be entertaining and it was something where they were really 
uh, emphasizing on telling this story and trying to get audiences completely invested in what they were trying to tell. And they weren't afraid to be ridiculous. Uh, yep. They weren't av- afraid to kind of be a little campy. Like it was just uh, the, the the point was to have a good time. And I, I, I remember that very vividly about just this feeling of, of enjoyment. Um, one of my all-time favorites from the the kind of like live action Disney stuff is the original Shaggy Dog. Like, oh, right. I love that movie so much. And the first time that I ever saw that was because they played it on the Disney Channel during a free preview. And yep. so, you know, my, my dad had talked about how much he loved it. My mom talked about how much she loved it. So we recorded it on VHS. So I had Shaggy Dog so that I could watch it over and over and over again. And that's definitely what I did. I just... I fell in love with that movie. So yeah, wear that tape nice, out. Right, exactly. So it is kind of nice now to have something like Disney Plus where these movies are available that I feel like a lot of people, uh, you know, might not even be familiar with. I wasn't familiar with the movie that you selected this week. Uh, yeah. And then I finally got to see it and it was just like, oh, this is so great. So, well, and there's, yeah. there's so many from that era too because you got like, uh, Herbie the Love Bug. You know, that was yes. another one that that I just remembered as you were talking there. Uh, you know, a lot, and you'll notice uh, when we get into it, a lot of the same actors in a lot of these yeah. as well. They, they were kind of yeah. under contract at the time. But then you got, you know, uh, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks with um, sure. Angela Lansbury, right? That's one of her first films early in her career. Uh, yeah. The Absent Minded Professor, you know, yep. where a flubber originated uh, yeah. way back in the day. Um, but even even some of the other ones that, that I liked not even the non-Disney stuff that has now since become Disney uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, all the yeah. Lucas uh, film stuff, you know, obviously star Wars, right. That, that right. was a huge part of my childhood as well. Um, yeah. And then you've got um, back to the future. Loved those films as well. Basically uh, anything Steven Spielberg was doing. If his name was attached to it, we were there. Like, yeah, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Got to go watch it. E.T. Yes. Let's go see it. see it. Yep, scared the heck, scared, scared the pants off of me though when I was a kid. I do remember that. <laughs> I was, still... you know, it's it's always funny because like I had friends that were you know college age friends at the at mm-hmm. the time, and I would talk about how much I loved ET, and they were yep. like, no, no, I did not love ET. I don't love ET because <laughs> it scared me so much. I'm like, well, have you watched it now? And they were like, no, I refuse to. And I just my I, yep. my mind is blown because I love that movie, and I always feel like it's one that people like. You know, I, I don't I don't understand how there can be ET naysayers because to <laughs> me that movie is just perfect. Uh, so perfect here movie. here's an interesting thing. So there is yeah. one movie that influenced me as a kid, but it sure. it's an influence that I've never seen it, but oh. it's it's uh, box cover is so ingrained in my memory. And it's has scared me. The movie Ghoulies. Oh, you yeah. know the box yeah. cover I'm talking about. And that's that's what the little creatures coming up out of the toilet, right? Yes. As a child, <laughs> I remember seeing that thing sitting on the shelf. They even, I, I think, one of them even had a giant poster of it up on the wall. Yeah, I frightened the daylights out of me, and still does. <laughs> and to this day, I have not watched that film. I feel like I should go. So I'm. One thing we didn't cover in my origin story yet is yeah. how much I love Halloween and how much I participate in Halloween and at, yeah. at a local haunted house here. 
with my current love of horror films and other uh, scary things, I really need to go watch this movie and like get over this childhood trauma of yeah. this box art staring back at me at some point. Yeah. It's, it it's could my... potentially be a Jaws situation, though, and you right. won't want to sit on the toilet ever again. <laughs> ever again. That's right. <laughs> Well, this, now this this opens up a whole new uh, interesting uh, direction to take this conversation, Chad, because yeah. I'm, I'm very curious about your haunted house participation. I, I love Halloween. I spend October uh, uh, cramming as many horror movies into the month of October as I possibly can. What what is your involvement with the haunted house? How long have you been with that? What's what's the story there? Yeah, it's it's pretty recent. Well, recent, sure. as, you know, as far as my lifetime goes anyway, because as a kid, I, I did not like scary stuff, didn't like scary movies. And as yeah. I've grown into an adult, they're now it's now coming out, right? My yeah. love of Halloween. I've always loved Halloween, right? Trick or treat mm-hmm. and getting free candy. What is not to love about the, that? The best. The best. <laughs> it is the best. But now, um, I want to say, I, I think it was about seven years ago or so, um, I saw an ad for the Twisted Nightmare Haunted House. Mm. I didn't know what it was about, um, but I'm like, I'm going to go to that and see what that's about. And so I went to it, had an absolute blast in it, and ended up uh, meeting the owner of it and becoming a volunteer with them and helping them run the haunted house. And now seven years later, um, I'm helping them build it. I'm helping them with their social media side of things. And so each year I get to take a few nights off and scare the pants off of people for a while. And as part of that, I'm now starting to get this huge back catalog of 80s and 90s horror flicks that I've never gotten to see, and I'm now sure. starting to watch them again. Uh, you yeah. know, your Critters of the World, uh, your Hellraisers, <laughs> Chucky, uh, Jason, Freddy Krueger, all, all the classics. Uh, now over the last 5-10 years, I finally started watching them and seeing them. And even more recently, yeah. you know, the state played Slother House. Right. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> Technically, it's called a horror film. I don't really think it could be called one. Uh, it's yeah. not really one, but boy, did I have fun in that. That is... Oh. Exactly the kind of (laughs) that is the campy cheesiness I want every day of my life. I love that kind of yeah. And so had so much fun with that movie. I thought Slother House was just a blast. It was just so silly. Mm -hmm. It's like what what I think what I love about it, and what I love about a lot of the the 80s horror films, and even more modern ones too, is the absurdity of some of them. The weirder the better. You know, there's ginger dead man. Uh, one that I haven't seen, but a friend tells me I have to see is uh, sure. Clown NATO. And <laughs> yeah, Clown NATO. It it sounds so bad that I I kind of want to see it, but at the same time, I don't know if I really want to waste an evening watching it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> when there's so many other cool things I could go check out. So I don't know. We'll right. see. Maybe I'll catch that sometime. Yeah, time is precious, Chad. You know, right? <laughs> don't there's waste there's. Them. New movies and shows coming out every day, and we only have so many hours in the day to watch some of this stuff. And I got a job I got to go to. Like, if, That's right. <laughs> if I didn't have that, maybe I could fit it in. But for right now, it's going to have to stay on pause uh, oh, and wait. Yeah. Maybe, so, yeah. Maybe the, I'll, I'll check it out and let you know. <laughs> right, right. Uh, maybe we'll have Derek check it out. He seems to have time go. for that. See what That's, he thinks, and then we'll decide. <laughs> maybe he's already seen it. I haven't talked to him yet. So, maybe. Oh, I don't know. That's a good one to bring up. I'll have to, I'll have to check on that one. <laughs> right. Um, um, but yeah, so the haunted house thing. Yeah. It's, it's just become, it's, it's a lot of fun to do. Um, it can be a little stressful at times, uh, sure. 
because we are running it, you know, we've, we've almost gotten too big. If you don't know where it's at or what it is, it's probably because we're not advertising a lot because we get so yeah. many people that show up that we kind of pulled back on advertising. Uh, you know, we're having two and three hour long waits uh, getting into the haunted house and, and uh, which is a fun problem to have. Uh, yeah. but it does, uh, it does increase the stress a little bit. So if you've ever been out to the twisted nightmare, for those who do know who are listening and know what it is, I'm typically the guy, uh, in a very bloody lab coat with a mangled up face. Uh, this year, I think I was wearing a, a pig face. Most of it, uh, swinging an ax at you. So that was me. No, oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, 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 cause I always feel like the people who do the, the haunting at the haunted houses, like they, there's a sense of theatricality to them. Did you ever oh, yeah. do any kind of theater and 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 stuff like that? Was ever was that ever anything that called to you, or were you kind of like, no, I don't like that, but I do like being able to hide behind a mask and scare people for you know several hours during this this season? Did oh, you ever completely. A, yeah, yeah, completely yeah. behind hide behind the mask is is a hundred percent. But I did. I took two years of theater when I was in high school. Sure. But I did all the behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, I yeah. like doing the stage manager, stage crew work, you know, running the, you know, building the sets and, and that kind of thing. So a lot of, I enjoy a lot of the behind the scenes stuff more than I do yeah. being a performer, but there's something yeah. about Halloween that's a little different because basically in a haunted house, you're doing a 30 second performance for every yeah. single little group that comes through. Yeah. And each audience, you know, every audience is different. They, they're going to give you something uh, different to work with every time. Um, I'm not the kind of, uh, performer in a haunted house who will stay quiet. I am very chatty. I talk a lot and it's the only time I do it. You can ask my wife. Uh, she will tell you I'm very much an introvert. And if we go out into a social setting, I will be quiet almost the entire sure. time, but you shove me in a haunted house and put a mask on my face and you cannot stop me from talking. <laughs> so it's one of those situations, right? Where yeah. the, the, the inner nerdiness, the inner, you know, introvert, goes away and it's how I can express myself that way. And it, it works out pretty good. We get some, uh, get a, you know, I do, a, it's a lot of fun and we get a lot of great yeah. reviews on it. So that's awesome. It's your, it's your creepy alter ego, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Uh, one last thing I want to cover before we start to dive into the, the movie that you selected. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but it, it has to do with the state were you, mm -hmm. you know, when you found out they were reopening the state, was was volunteering and working there something that you, you know, kind of wanted to do as soon as you heard is that 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 was a possibility? Just or was it like, you know, it, you kind of were like, oh, this is something more to do. I just wonder, is there some kind of like uh, because of the connection that you had at the state when it was open around, you know, open during your childhood, was yeah. that something that drew you back to it now, or was it just? Oh well, I like movies. This is a this is an opportunity. I'm going to do this. It, it was a hundred percent connection to my grandma. That's what it was. Sure. So even before sure. uh, the state was really renovated, before they really had anything done, I was volunteering down there, helping clean up, do tours because awesome. they they were doing the openings for First Fridays for quite a while. Uh, yeah. And so I'd go down there and give tours of the you know the different levels that are in there take people up to the projection room show them what it looked like and this was before it had really been cleaned out to any grand extent or set up with anything and i thought that was just the coolest and yeah. my whole idea was oh i cannot wait for this to open um and volunteering was always something i knew i would continue doing there uh just yeah. to keep that connection alive even though you know my grandma only worked there maybe two three years something like that 
Um, but she was one of the people to, to close the doors there, you know, when it finally shut down. And so it was, it just happened at that right time in my life because all the other theaters she's worked at are all closed. You know, the Hollywood doesn't exist anymore. We really only have the empire seven, uh, left, uh, and she didn't, or excuse me. Uh, yeah, that's wait a second. Is that the sixth or the seventh that's open now? I always forget those two mixed up. Um, but you know, that one's a for-profit, so there's not a lot of volunteer opportunities there. And so it, that in the state is it's such a cool building you know built in 1929 it has this rich history to it a lot of interesting stories about it um you know how it was renovated through the years and how by stripping that those renovations off they were able to uncover you know the beautiful artwork and that's underneath all of it and how they discovered yeah. that and there's still places because the balcony's not done yet um hint hint they're a nonprofit. go donate today if you can uh right. so they can finish the balcony uh there's still places where you can see where they've uncovered more of those, those, you know, that beautiful artwork that's and all the stencil work that's underneath um, where they, someone painted over it for some dumb reason. I, I yeah. want to go back in time and shake them and go, why did you paint over this? Are you insane? What are you doing? Right. Right. Um, like why, why ruin this beautiful, like kind of historic theater? Like, exactly. but it was like, you know, then they didn't, they didn't know. They didn't grasp the idea of how, uh, wonderful it, it, it is to have these places that are still available exactly yeah because i think the first renovation was like 1946 or something like that and i don't know if that's sure. when they got covered up or not but it, it happened at some point in time yeah. it was just a time where you didn't think about preserving that kind of stuff you know so it's right. not like i can blame them but at the same time you wish you could go back and, and save some of that because it's so cool but now we have it back they were able to restore a lot of it uh and it just it looks awesome and they were able to mix you know the modern with the old you got the beautiful seats in there it's very comfortable uh great sound system great screen great projector um and that's the the only sad part is it's a digital projector when i was a kid yeah. i thought i am going to be a projectionist when i grow up um because i remember a distinct memory of howard the projectionist uh, who worked at the state at the time uh, when i was yeah. a kid and he would let me come up and follow him and look around and watch him work. And I'm like, this is so cool to splice into the tapes together. You get them in these big can canisters. You got to put them on these huge reels. I thought that was just all awesome. I can't wait to do that. Well, now it's all controlled by an iPad or remotely on a computer. And there's nobody yeah. up there. There's no reason for anyone to be there now. And so it's, yeah. it's this interesting relic of the past. Now, if I want to be a projectionist, I got to wait for Christopher Nolan to make another 70 millimeter Oppenheimer <laughs> and then go work at IMAX. That's right. So, <laughs> gotta load the like ton of film on right i need a, a forklift <laughs> to, to help out uh, for the seven yeah. miles of film yeah <laughs> um have you seen the you, your your story about you know kind of being the kid watching the projector uh, a projectionist kind of like uh, uh splice the film together have you seen cinema paradiso I have not actually no. Uh it is a, a beautiful movie uh about this like small village where there's a movie theater and you know they get these movies shipped to them but they have to cut out you know certain parts of the movies because of you know censorship uh and this the the man who runs the theater befriends this young kid in the village and it kind of goes through their 
the the years of their friendship and how important the movies are to their friendship. Beautiful movie, Italian film, just a lovely, lovely movie. And I think, you know, having that, having that kind of part of your past, Chad, that might be something that you'd, you'd enjoy if you, if you're okay with kind of watching the, the subtitled movies every now and again. Oh yeah. I don't mind subtitled movies every Good. so often. Um, okay. Yeah. As long as they're not too regular. Uh, I, yeah. I do tend to enjoy the English dubs a little more. I've, I've recently sure. gotten into all the studio Ghibli films yeah, uh, which has somehow passed me over uh, through the years. And I finally just broke it literally just last month. I think it was last month when they did uh, Howl's Moving Castle as a Fathom event at the local yeah. theater. And I went and saw that. And I'm like, I don't know what I just watched, but my gosh, do I love it. <laughs> right. Um, but I made right. sure I don't know that I could handle the the English or the English uh, subbed versions. I watched the dubbed versions uh, yeah. so I could enjoy them because there's beautiful. It's just beautiful to look at like every mm -hmm. single frame is just this beautiful piece of artwork. And yeah. even though I, I don't always understand everything going on in them because the stories are a little, you know, different. Yeah. They're, they're just beautiful. <laughs> they're just amazing. Yeah. And so I've really fallen in love with them now. Uh, but wow. I, I've written down cinema paradiso now as something to go, nice. to go see, uh, seek out and find. Ah. Oh yeah, I, I I would be interested to hear uh, if you enjoyed it uh, after you get a chance to watch it. But okay, uh, Chad, it has been great, like just getting to have this part of the conversation with you. I always enjoy like when I kind of have you know we we talked before, like we've we've yeah. seen each other at the state and we've talked, but never yep. really like get to kind of dig into things. Uh, right. So I I always enjoy that that you know, when these conversations are kind of like our first conversation, because now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Chad. Chad's an old friend of mine. So exactly. Uh, I just think it's great. Uh, but let's let's dive into the reason we are here today. Yes. And that is our featured movie of the week. Uh, this week's movie is the wonderful Blackbeard's Ghost. Here comes Peter Ustinov in Walt Disney's Blackbeard's Ghost. The boss, you love her! Dean Jones casts an ancient spell, and Blackbeard's ghost is back on Earth. Well, you, you know what I think? If I may proffer a suggestion, Chan. Shut up! Both of you! Both of who? You mean no one can see you except me? That's about the shape of it, son. I train my men to win! Win! Always win! By fair means or foul, by soft words and hard deeds, by treachery, by cunning, by malpractice, but always win! Chad, oh, okay. I already, I already ruined it and said that I love this, that I had yeah. such a good time with this. So I want you to kind of tell me in your own words, what is Blackbeard's ghost all about? Oh my gosh. So I, I should preface this by saying I have some heavy nostalgia glasses for this. As I mentioned, this is a movie <laughs> sure. we watched on VHS. Pretty sure we wore it out. It's probably the only movie I've seen more than 50 times in my life. I, yeah. I've watched it darn near every year at least once uh since i've been alive i think um i just watched it last week one more time in preparation for this and <laughs> and every time i watch it i love it and yeah. the the general gist is blackbeard the evil pirate who's the scourge of the seas has been cursed by his wife uh to live in limbo forever and we come to our modern day modern day being 1968 
and a poor hapless uh, track coach who's new to town uh, accidentally uncurses Blackbeard to only his eyes. And now him and Blackbeard are running around doing things, trying to lift the curse. That is probably the shortest way of describing it without giving away too much of the film. Not that there's a lot to spoil, obviously. It's a you know 1968 Disney movie. You can guess how yeah. it turns out. Um, but boy, going into this is so interesting because when you look at like who the director is, uh, it's directed by Robert Stenson, who prior to this did Mary Poppins. He did bed knobs yeah. and broomsticks. He did Herbie the Love Bug, the Shaggy DA, the Absent Minded Professor. You know, he's got this huge list of stuff that he's done uh, coming into this. Uh, he even did a few uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, episodes uh, in the middle there, too. And then you look at the writers. Uh, I even had to write these down because uh, I was so fascinated by this. Bill uh, uh, Ashel, I believe, uh, Don uh, DeGrady and Bill Stahl. And this is uh, this harkens back to Walt himself. So Walt died in 1966. This movie came out in uh, 1968. Um, but Walt apparently handpicked this movie because he he read the book. This is based off of a book, which I do have somewhere. I tore my office apart trying to find it uh, to bring it up again. I cannot find it, sadly. I got to figure that out. But Walt apparently read the book, loved it and said, I want to make a movie of this. And then sadly passed before uh, it really got made. Um but one thing that Walt was really good at doing is taking people out of their comfort zone and dropping them into something that he knew they would succeed in. And so when you look at what Bill Don uh, did previously, so Don DeGrady, he was an animator. He was a layout artist for 1940s movies like Goofy and some of the old World War II propaganda shorts and things like that. Uh, you know, he did Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, and then he's picked out and said, okay, now write a comedy about Blackbeard being a ghost haunting people in the present. <laughs> and so it's just this interesting thing. And, and it, I obviously think it was a success, uh, cause I really enjoyed it. Um, and the other writers, uh, Bill and Don, uh, or excuse me, Bill and Ben also did, uh, a lot of the stuff that. Robert, the director, did. So they worked on Mary Poppins, Ben Novice and Broomsticks, Herbie the Lumbug, Shaggy. So you see this kind of this pattern working out with this. Um, yeah. And it just, it I, I think it's, it came together so well. Um, it, it, like I said, I, I cannot find a fault with this film because the nostalgia, the rose-colored glasses are too heavy. They weigh on me too much. And so that's why I thought it was interesting to use this as a film, especially since you hadn't seen it. Because I'm always yeah. curious... Does it hold up? Would would other people uh, like it as much? Because uh, my wife has seen it. She's not as big of a fan. She tolerates it. <laughs> um, but my wife and I also have very different uh, movie tastes as well. Sure, so it's sure. normal. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny to me because it's like, you know, you were talking about that, you know, does it hold up? Is it just nostalgia glasses? And in my yeah. head, I'm like, no, like this movie is just <laughs> wonderful. You, but yeah. I feel like you kind of have to put yourself in the you know mind frame that you know this is a movie from that that live action phase of Disney where it is very you know as I said earlier very earnest, very genuine. It's just people yep. uh, putting on kind of a silly story, but having a good time, trying to entertain like general audiences. But it still works really well. It has all of the things that make. Uh, you know that that made those other Disney movies so successful are just 
uh, very clearly here too. And I just, I think it's, I don't know, I just, I just think it's delightful. Like I, I thought this was a really wonderful uh, movie that like the two, so the two main men performers, uh, uh, Peter yep. Ustinov and uh, Dean Jones, like yep. I thought they were great, like just wonderful. They worked really well together and I was blown away uh, that the lead uh, uh, woman in this movie was Suzanne Plachette, uh, because yep. I remember her being on several sitcoms in like the nineties. You know, of course she's she's older, but she yep. was very funny. And seeing her here, I was just kind of like, wow, she was great. Like it was just such a, a, a you know a, a really well assembled cast because of those three people who had this perfect timing. Uh, in these, you know, Pratt Falls and, you know, little like, you know, kind of one-liners, just like off the cuff little like, this is the joke, this is the punchline to the scene. I just thought it was so, uh, so enjoyable, like just so entertaining. Uh, and yeah. then to kind of hear that your your wife doesn't care for it as much, I was like, <laughs> oh, what is what does she think like what is what is she right <laughs> right right because yeah when you look when you look at the the cast you know you mentioned peter ustinoff and d jones yeah. when you look at the other things they've done like dean jones was a i don't know if he was officially a contract disney actor but he was in a lot of disney movies in this era um you right. know herbie and the shaggy da and that kind of stuff also with suzanne uh, plachette as well yeah. um but coming into this you know peter ustinoff uh if i remember correctly he had just won um an academy award i think for spartacus and sure. uh, a second academy award i forget what the other film was um at the time so he's you know you've got this academy award winner coming in to play blackbeard um fun, fun little fact i did also find out he he's won emmys golden globes yeah. grammys but he only was nominated for a tony he didn't win it so he's uh-huh. one one step away from an Ooh. egot there so Man. close but he uh, he plays Blackbeard just so perfectly in this. I couldn't imagine anybody else doing it. Yeah. And his comedy timing is great. He's the accent that he's doing is hilarious. Um, it fits perfectly with the pirate motif. Um, clearly, I, I don't know if we've explicitly said this. This is a comedy. Um, it yeah. is played for comedy value. Uh, you know, there's a, a certain things in the plot where you have to ignore it because it's funnier if it doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, and then you look at, you know, Suzanne Plachette, another connection to what I mentioned earlier, she's in Spirited Away playing uh, Yubaba and Zaniba. Uh, It's one of the last roles she did as a voice actress. She has a huge credit list. She was, you know, in The Birds with uh, Alfred Hitchcock as well. Yeah. Um, And then one of my favorite things is um, uh, Mrs. Stowcroft in the film. She's uh, Mm. she's the the character her or her name is Elsa uh, Lanchester. And yeah. she is the original Bride of Frankenstein from right. 1935. What a fun connection, right? Yeah. Uh, to have I was her. <laughs> yeah. And so there's all these fun little things uh, that just kind of make this come together and make this movie so fun. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I said, it's, I, I, I want to show this to so many more people, but I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, are they going to hate it? So every oh, year on my birthday, for the past few years, I've rented out a theater and shown a film and I've always picked ones that I knew people would like, you know, we've picked space balls, we've picked uh, airplane, we've picked uh, uh, pirates of the Caribbean. And this one has always been on my secondary list going, I want to show this to the masses. <laughs> and I think I've, I've, I might have to now. 
I think it's time. Like, I think yeah. I think it's time, Chad. I think this movie <laughs> is just like there. I don't know. Like, it, there's there's something so nice about it. Like, it just feels ah. Okay, so you, you go to a movie, right? The movie, you, yeah. when you go to the movie, it feels like you're going to the movie. And, you know, that's just always the case. But there's something about watching, like, movies from a particular time period, from particular filmmakers that just kind of feel like this really special cinematic experience. And right. I don't know that, that Blackbeard's Ghost is doing anything that's, like, particularly stylistically unique or anything like that. But I feel like it's just, there's something about it that I, I hate to kind of liken it to the old idea of like, you know, the the, the people in town are like, they, they go to the barn and they're like, let's put on a play. And it's, it's yeah. not quite that because they have Disney money, but yep. there's, there's something about it where it's like everybody involved understands exactly what they are there to do. And they are wholly committed to telling this fun story like this is for, for me this is like the biggest surprise of the year as far as just how much <laughs> i love this movie uh because i just feel it just feels so much like uh it, it feels like so much what captures the the joy and magic of watching a movie uh, and yeah. I don't like I don't I know that this probably sounds hyperbolic to some listeners because it's like oh he's really going off on this this kind of like <laughs> silly tongue in cheek Disney movie and you know maybe it is but I just really had such a good time with it that it's 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 the kind of thing that I want people to watch too I I want yeah. more people to 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 be able to see this uh, movie because I think you know uh, generations kind of lose contact with movies like this like there are movies that kind of fade out of consciousness completely and yeah i don't want this to i don't want this to be that movie like it, i missed it when i was younger no. and now yeah you know it's it's right there on disney plus that i think people should see but seeing it in the movie theater chad that sounds like a pretty good idea <laughs> yeah and they've they've got a 4k release of it and uh oh. and so yeah it just takes a little convincing i think to get some folks to go yeah okay we'll show it sure yeah oh, we'll, we'll oh, see what oh. happens uh my birthday's not till next August, so I got some time sure. to work on. You got on. time. You got, you I got, got time. time to think about but it. But yeah, this um, this movie's just so charming. Um because yeah. when you look at like for me, I think the thing that that caught me as a kid, in addition to being funny, were the special effects in it. Because yeah. Blackbeard is a ghost that only Steve Walker, who Dean Dean Jones is playing, can see. So whenever Blackbeard is interacting with other people, all you see are the objects that he's picking up and manipulating. And yeah. so, like the the first time you really see it is kind of towards the be, uh, towards the beginning side of the film, uh, when Dean is escaping. He or he's trying to get away from town. He just thinks he's losing his mind. It's the middle of the night, and Blackbeard shows up in his car and decides, well, he wants a turn at driving, and <laughs> commandeers the vehicle essentially, trying to drive it like a ship, and is screaming at a police officer that happens to be on the side of the road, and of course, hilarity ensues as the police officer tries to pull them over and uh, Blackbeard uh, begins to mess with them because the police officer uh, wrecks his bottle of rum. Uh, I love how <laughs> rum plays such a heavy role in this film <laughs> as a comedic gag. And when you fast forward, because I, I think one of the reasons why this was lost uh, to time right now is Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Yeah. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it's amazing. But sure. I could see a Disney executive going, we can't promote this old pirate movie. We've got this new one that makes millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And yeah. Johnny Depp is there and we've got that to show. So we can't bring up this old one. Um, but all the rum jokes, it's almost like the people who made Pirates of the Caribbean watched this film first and went, yep, right. we're going to pull some of that stuff out and use that. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, you see so many of those parallels. Yeah, it's a good kind of like, you know, uh, thinking about it now, it feels like it's a it's a pretty good homage to, you know, how how uh, <laughs> rum works as a great comedic device. <laughs> in, in right. Uh, do you remember? And this will this will be a big question here. But do you remember the first time you saw this movie, or is it something that you know because you've seen it so many times since that it just kind of feels like it's. Because, you know, sometimes you watch a movie so many times that it just feels like it's part of you. And you don't yeah. necessarily remember the first time you saw it, but it's just this this feeling of, like, this is your warm blanket. Like, this is the movie that just kind of, like, makes you feel safe and protected. Or or do you remember? Do you remember that first time you had a chance to sit with this movie? No, I don't remember the first time. I, it truly yeah. is that situation where I've seen this so much. I have. It's just part of me now. Um, yeah. And I continue to watch it. You know, like I said, every year I... I stick it on and i watch it at least once uh once a year and so no i i, I have no idea when the first time was but i'm sure yeah. it was you know five six seven years old somewhere in that range yeah was this the i, I think you kind of talked about this before but was this the one for you that was like that you because you said you've seen this movie you know this might be the only movie you've seen over 50 times so yeah. this kind of stands out to you as the one from that era that is just there's something about this movie that really, really clicks for you. What, what, what is that? Like, what is the thing that you kind of, if you were to be able to put your finger on the thing that really makes this movie stand out for you, like, can you, you know, is it even something that you can describe? I, I don't know if I can, but I, I'll give yeah. it a, a shot. Cause I, I think sure. it's the combination of the comedy and the special effects. And yeah. maybe that was where, you know, you asked me earlier about my connection with technology and things like that. And maybe this is where it started because yeah. this was, this was one of the first Disney movies that I remember, or just movies in general, where there was this humor with the, with the technology of the special effects that they were using and just being enthralled. By like, how did they do that? You know, how do they yeah. make a motorcycle drive by itself? How did they, yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's a scene where Blackbeard stomps on a door and his footprints get pushed into it. And I remember going, how did they do that? How was how that yeah. possible? Um, and so it's things like that that I, I think kind of ingrained this one that made me want to watch it over and over and over again, not just for the humor, but also for the special effects that they did. Yeah. Um, because when I think of the, the other Disney movies, you know, Snowball Express was one we watched a lot, but there's not a lot of special effects in that. It's a comedy. It's sure. fun. Uh, but it, it's not, you know, it's a little different. You know, Herbie the Love Bug, same thing. A few special effects, but nothing too grand. Still funny, still fun to watch, watch it a lot. So I think that might, that's the only thing I can think of that might have stuck with me. And maybe it's just because, you know, pirates are cool and Blackbeard made it seem like it was awesome to be a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, he, he definitely did. I, I, I am, uh, uh, when it feels like actors, like genuinely are getting along yeah. <laughs> during their uh, uh, the, the production process. 
Like it always, it, that, that always kind of translates to the screen for me. And it makes it yeah. seem like they're, the characters are really working well off of each other. And I don't know any behind the scenes stuff about this movie, like at, at all, no clue whatsoever about what the filming process was like, but there's just a way that uh, Ustinov and Jones kind of interact with each other on screen that makes me feel like this is something that, you know, they they treated as something very special and were able to get along well and 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 you know present this uh just really fun movie um yeah what are some aspects you've, you've talked about special effects of course and and the comedy of it but what are i mean maybe even just sequences the the things that mm-hmm. kind of stand out for you that kind of push this movie up and over like as one of those like great movies or or movies that really has your heart so i i think it's it's two scenes one is the first time we get to see blackbeard interact with people outside uh of of uh steve walker's uh character there dean jones where like with the police officer and he gets pulled over and you've got the police officer going why do i smell rum and you know and and steve jones is saying or excuse me dean jones is saying well uh i don't drink but there's a bottle of rum sitting right there next to him. And he goes, yeah, you know, <laughs> if you haven't been drinking, what is this doing here? And it's, it's those, those little moments like that. Uh, and then it switches to Blackbeard going, you know, don't steal my rum and fighting, trying to get the bottle away from him where it eventually falls on the ground and breaks. Uh, yeah. And then Blackbeard is very angry about that and goes to pull out his sword <laughs> like he's going to kill the guy <laughs> and he has to be pulled back and no, don't, don't do anything violent. And so he's like, fine, I'll just mess with him. And, yeah. you know, steals his motorcycle, breaks his pencil, throws his uh, tickets off in the air and then chases him around the car. So it's stuff like that. Like it's just so endearing. And then you get later in the film when they're at a track meet and oh. uh, they want, the team to win right yeah. i won't go into the detail i'll let people discover why the oh. team has to win because when you get the mob involved mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll say mob light right yeah um, right <laughs> this is not the sopranos by any stretch of the imagination this is disney yeah. mob um yeah. but uh when you've got blackbeard helping these young students uh win this track meet in the various ways that he helps between the sprinters, the shot putters, the javelin throwers, just that entire sequence has me rolling every time I watch it. Cause it's so hilarious. So funny. So the way that funny. he sabotages the other team, but then helps, you know, Steve yeah. Walker's team, uh, yeah. I think is just glorious. And he's using a hot dog and a bottle of orange soda and a flag from, <laughs> from their team, a little pennant. <laughs> And so it's just those it's those little moments that just add up to these beautiful sequences that I'm like, who wrote this and how did they think of this? And yeah. I'm so glad they did and filmed it because it's hilarious. Yeah, that that track meet scene, uh, I <laughs> I think it's one of the funniest moments, like not just in this movie, but probably one of the funniest moments I've I've seen in a movie for quite some time. Like I just think it's so interesting because you have to remember, like you know, they can't see him. And there are some sequences where, you know, he's not there and it's just relying on special effects for these things. But there are other moments where it's like, we're watching him do these things. And it's like both of them, either we when we see him or when we don't, 
both of them come off as really funny. And it is just this great, great sequence. Uh, the other part like that, where it's, you know, we we get to see some of the things that he does and, so, and uh, we don't get to see some of the, or, you know, we get to see the impact of what he does without seeing right. him do it, is that there's a fight scene near the end of the movie right. where, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the, the big, like, uh, the big event has been pulled off and they're trying to escape and uh, just watching uh, Blackbeard kind of defend himself and defend his friends. Uh, yes. Just great. There are people that get thrown around the room and it is so funny to watch these people get hoisted. <laughs> well, yeah, and room. that's, and that's where I'm like, I would wish there were some behind the scenes of this film. And there aren't, because yeah. I've searched too. I've tried to find things. Oh. Because I would love to see what rigging it took. The one guy who gets lifted up and thrown across the room. <laughs> clearly, he was on wires, because there's no computer right? animation at this time. So everything was done practically in camera. And I want to see yeah. what they did to make that function. Because it must have been an enormous uh, event for that day to do that. And I'm the poor stunt guy who probably got hurt doing it, I bet. But... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's that kind of stuff that that I just love in this film, and and the direct the director's choices to when to show Blackbeard interacting versus when to show only him uh, impacting other things in the environment, uh, yeah. making those choices uh, makes makes it just even funnier. Yeah, just a uh, this movie's a stroke of brilliance. Like it, yeah. it really is. I I found this movie to just be so much fun, uh, and it's. Uh, it, it's it's so interesting. Usually, when I when I do these episodes, like I'm always like, no, you know, we can spoil parts of this movie. We can talk yep. about the whole movie because it's like, you know, some people have seen it, or it's just something where it's like, even even the like ending of movies are things that warrant a conversation. And it's yeah. not that this movie doesn't warrant warrant the conversation. It's that like you, I want people to watch this movie and go in as fresh as possible because it is just right. like, I didn't, I didn't watch a trailer uh, for this movie. I didn't, mm -hmm. the only thing I saw was like uh, a poster and I was yeah. kind of like, oh, all right, well, here we go. And then I started watching it. And at one point, I, I had picked up my phone because I had gotten a text message. And I was like, oh, well, I should probably respond to this. And I responded to it. And something happened on the screen. And I'm like, you know what? They can wait. Like, I just, <laughs> this, this movie, like, really hooked me in. And it was so much fun. Um if you were to recommend this this movie, like, and this this is something that I have a feeling like you you've done in the past, but mm -hmm. if you were to recommend this this movie to people who have never seen it before, what would you use as kind of the selling point? What would be the thing that would like uh, uh, you would use to kind of help push people over that edge to 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 watch this movie? You know, I, I don't know. Cause I I've tried, I have tried that in the past. Um, <laughs> and other than saying it's really funny, please yeah. just trust my word on this and go watch it. Yeah. Uh, and make sure you go in knowing that this is from 1968 and it's a little different, you know, that's, it's not this, uh, glossy Hollywood that you're used to today. Um, but I, I don't know because as you say, it, it's so charming but it's in a way that's not tangible. Like you can't, it's very hard to describe. And that's right. why I think I'm sure people listening to this going, I don't know what you're talking about. You're just going on and on about how great it is. And you're yeah. not giving me good descriptors. And I'm like, I know I'm not, 
it's because I don't know how to describe this because right. it is a it is a very intangible thing because the chemistry yeah. between the characters it's clear that they enjoyed themselves making this film. It's clear that it was yeah. a fun thing to do. Uh, and it, it's just, it oozes, uh, you know, charm and humor everywhere. It just, that's all I can say about it. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. I think, you know, I think for me, I would, I would try and tell people like, first off, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give them the, the, the warning and I use warning lightly, <laughs> right. but I give them the warning. Like this movie was made in 1968. Like it's going to feel like it's from a different time because it is, it's going to feel, I don't know. There's a, there's a different kind of vibe to it that, is not in a lot of the movies that we watch today. So go into it knowing that, but if you give it a chance, you're going to see this wonderful, like slapstick type movie that also has some really smart, like comedic dialogue uh, that feels very genuine. Like it's from the heart and it's this fun story about about a, the pirate's ghost like right. how often do you get a comedy uh about a pirate's ghost you know I, i'm thinking of like something like the fog where that's a that's a horror movie about a pirate's yes. ghost that, this is right couldn't be more different from, from yeah. this one has has blackbeard ever been put on screen in a comedic role before right like right. he's always you know a imposing figure mean yeah. angry violent whatever I can't think of any other situation where he's been the the comedy relief. Basically he is the comedy. He is what makes it. And that's part of its charm as well, because they, they actually get into that a little bit where he's lonely and sad because he's been cursed for 300 years, uh, trying to figure a way out of this. And he's just kind of resigned himself. And so they get into that a little bit and it's kind of cute. And that's part of its charm as well. Yeah. Cause he, he has depth. (laughs) Right. I like that he's he's never really the butt of the joke. Like no. I think they could take they could take the route where it's like, oh, Blackbeard's ghost, and they insult him the entire movie. I right. never feel like they're doing that. I feel like he is just as uh, you know uh, loved by the filmmakers and loved by the writers as the other you know good guy characters are. Um, yep. And I, and I think that really helps too make it so that this is something that's just you know, you feel good watching. At least I know yeah. I did. I felt really, really yeah, none of the humor. Yeah, none of the humor is putting anybody down. It's all more the situation yeah. and just clever writing uh, yeah. of, uh, you know, a poor 17th century <laughs> pirate being thrust into the modern world. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chad, this movie is fantastic. Fantastic. I almost want to go back and like increase my taco rating on it just because <laughs> like thinking about it, like, and that's the mm-hmm. thing, like thinking about it afterwards, like there are movies that I watch that I enjoy that I'm kind of like later on, I'm like, yeah, I liked it. It was good. But yep. there are, there are a few movies that after I watch them and go back to them and think about them, I'm like, oh, I really had a good time with that. And that's, that's where I would put this movie. Like I really had uh, such an enjoyable time with this movie. Like I, I probably would also gush over Bill and Ted's bogus journey because I do love that movie. Uh, But going with this one, Chad, I think this was, this was the right choice. This movie is just fantastic. I'm I'm glad Uh, I picked it as a little dark horse, (laughs) right? The the Uh, long shot one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone listening, I would highly recommend, uh, you know, I, I would say watch it on Disney Plus. It's available. You can check it out because you never know. A year is a year is a long time. 
<laughs> to wait yeah. to possibly see it in theaters. Right. But uh, I want you to, to watch this as soon as possible because it is delightful. Uh, Chad, I had a great time chatting with you. This has just been so awesome. Uh, oh, you're yes. not out of the woods yet. You've got oh, one boy. last section. Uh, yes. That's what I like to call the fat five. Uh, yes. These are five rapid fire-ish <laughs> questions that are kind of a general uh gauge of your love of movies so chad are you ready for the fat five uh yeah i've listened to previous episodes i think i am i had to do a little homework on this one but hey, i think so. that's okay a little yeah. prep work nothing wrong nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. that. nothing wrong with that uh question one then chad what yeah. is your favorite movie of all time see and this this is always a tough one because it changes yeah. with my mood right today yeah. i would tell you it's blackbeard's ghost but yeah. When I when I think about the films that I truly recommend to others, so we have a lot of young people on my team uh, who didn't grow up in the 80s and 90s. You know, they're 2000s and 2010 kids. And sure. so when they say, hey, what, what movie should I watch? I almost always recommend Airplane. Mm. And I think that's probably almost, you know, if you said you're going to be deserted on an island and you can only watch this one film while you're there, I think it's yeah. going to be Airplane. Uh, Airplane is yeah. it. I, that pick. movie... Uh, gets me every time. I, I there's the writing is so sharp and so mm-hmm. well written, and the I love a good pun. What can I say? And that's basically yeah. all that movie is: are puns, one <laughs> after another. I uh, I would want to know what the joke quota is in that movie. Like how many jokes? Oh per my second? gosh! Because it is just rapid fire hilarity. Uh, it is, and there's so many where there's multiples going on because something's going on in the background. Yeah, and there's some going on in the foreground, and yeah. It, so many great payoffs in that. Yeah. So, some awesome. A couple, because I know my, my wife will kill me if I don't say this. One honorable mention is the Adams family. Um, yeah. It's the one that we love together and that we love sure. the most. Both of them, really, the Adams family and Adams family values uh, with yeah. Royal Julia are just so perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. I don't, I cannot think of another movie where the entire cast was perfectly p- picked. Yeah. and and executed so well like everything about those movies came together so well so that's an honorable mention for those oh, yeah good good choices across the yeah. board that's that's i i you get the thumbs up on that one awesome. uh question <laughs> question number two uh it's a two-part question first half mm-hmm. question is uh who is your favorite actor your favorite male performer man this was another this was a really difficult one because yeah Again, it kind of depends on what the what the movie is and what I'm thinking about at the time. Um, when I started thinking about it harder, though, I think my pick has to be Gary Oldman. Um, yeah. Just because there's been so many films that I go and watch, and I go, who was that? And I go and look, and I go, oh my gosh, it was Gary Oldman. Uh, and the most recent version right. being Oppenheimer, uh, where he plays Truman in that. I had no idea. It was just like, yeah. oh my gosh. And you think about him in Harry Potter and the Dark Knight and the Fifth Element and just all the different things that he's done. He is uh, consistently one that I enjoy watching on screen more than any others. Uh, Robin Williams is probably a close second. He might trade places with him occasionally just because, I mean, all the cool stuff that Robin Williams has done, I think goes without saying there. But Gary Oldman gets a a little, little, little slice higher than Robin. Yeah. Oh. Good pick. Uh, oh, I do. Half of that... oh, I do. Good. I actually have one more little honorable mention, and that's a voice actor. Do you have a favorite voice actor? Mine is Maurice LaMarche. Oh, okay. And what is, what do you is... know? Do you know who Maurice LaMarche is? 
I don't. I don't know. So he, he has a, a very extensive voice acting background. He's primarily known as um, one of the actors who does uh, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. That's where I know him oh. the most. But he wow. has one of the funniest credits that you'll find, and that is he is the Belch uh, from Buddy <laughs> Buddy's Belch in Elf. He he's the one who makes that noise. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and he also awesome. does. He does a fantastic Orson Welles impression. And are you familiar with the Orson Welles peas commercial? Uh, I okay. So I've never watched it, but I know what you're talking about. There, okay, there's the like later in his career, Orson Welles was right. doing a bunch of commercials, and it's just bonkers. It's, <laughs> it is it is bonkers. You must go listen to it, or yeah. even better, go listen to Maurice Lamarche's impression of Orson Welles doing that commercial. <laughs> Talk about inception weirdness. Oh, go for man. that. There you go. Oh, that's yeah, that's <laughs> I know what I'm doing once we're done recording. Right. <laughs> uh, the second half of that question then is, yeah, who is your favorite actress, your favorite female performer? Yeah, this was another really tough one. And, and I, yeah. I kind of use the same criteria, like who do I see over and over again that I just I love whenever they're in it. And it's got to be Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Um, she has been in so many fun things. Uh, including Harry Potter, right? And she was a Queen of Hearts. Yep. Granted, she's in, I think, every, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Tim Burton movie that's existed. Sure. But that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I love yeah. Tim Burton. I love his films. So it's okay that right. she's been in all of them. But yeah, she's my pick for that. And I'll give I'll give an honorary mention for a voice actress as well, Tress oh. McNeil, also in Animaniacs. Yes. Um, yes. And a million other things going back to the 1970s. Uh, she's been around forever. I ju I love her work and and a lot of the things she's done. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great pick. Great pick. Uh, mm -hmm. Next question. The uh, question probably should be phrased. You know, is there a director that yeah. you know? Uh, uh, you know, who's your favorite director? The way I like to phrase it is: Is there a director that if they had a movie coming out tomorrow? You wouldn't need to, you know, see a trailer, wouldn't need to know the cast, wouldn't need to know what the movie's about, but mm -hmm. just seeing their name attached to it would get you to the theater. And if there is, who is that director? Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Yes. Not only because he's dead, so he's probably not putting some out tomorrow, but <laughs> right, if right. he if he were alive, and, and even now, like, I discovered Alfred Hitchcock, gosh, eight, ten years ago, uh, they yeah. played Psycho as a Fathom event. Uh, in the theaters and I went and saw it finally because I you know had missed it uh, through the years and I just fell in love with his style and I immediately went out and started trying to watch every single one of his films and I've gotten through a lot of them but there's still a few that I've missed and so that's a director where I don't care what the plot is I'm gonna go watch it I don't care who's in yeah. it I don't care what the story is if he was involved in it I'm gonna go watch it um yeah. the 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 close second is someone who is still alive uh, related to that Studio Ghibli stuff I've talked about is uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Um, yes. You know, he's got, in fact, just in like two weeks, The Boy and the Heron is coming out. I'm going to go see that just because it's his name. So there's yeah. a good example of if I hear he's directing it, I'm going to go see it. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to go see it yeah. just because he's in it or because he yeah. directed it, excuse me. Right. Uh, with with Miyazaki's movies, the one thing that I think is really great about those is it's like I I love watching movies with subtitles. You know, I think that's that's awesome. There's just some mm -hmm. there's something about that for me that I enjoy. But with Miyazaki's movies, when they're dubbed, the uh, English language voice cast is always committed to doing a really good job of of 
you know, still telling the story. Like they always feel oh, yeah. very, very committed and it feels very good. So with Miyazaki movies, that's a situation where sometimes I'm like, you know what? Like, I just want to, I just want to be able to watch the movie, like listen to what's going on. This has got a really good cast. Let's, let's do this instead of, you know, watching the subtitled version. So yeah, the, I, the voice cast on those have been knocking it out of the park for every, I've only, I've watched like five or six of his films now and every single yeah. one is just knocked out of the park voice wise. Yeah. Um, and it's so people good. that are all over the the spectrum of, of fame of people, right? names you've recognized. Um, and even the current, the the new one that's coming out, I think it's got Christian Bale in it, and I, I forget yeah. the, the rest of the the cast. But yeah, with that one, I, I would love to watch the 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 subbed version and get the original yeah. voice cast with it. But his movies are so beautiful to look at. I feel like I'd be missing out on something because I want to watch it. Yeah. I want to see it play out on the screen because it's it's still hand drawn animation, and there's not a lot yeah. of that left anymore, especially in long form. And right. it harkens back to classic Disney Renaissance stuff of this is just awesome to look at knowing that someone drew every single frame of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very excited for that one. That, that actually might kind of bleed into the next question. Mm -hmm. uh, the next question is, is there a movie set to come out that you are very <laughs> excited to see uh, or a movie that's already out that you haven't had a chance to see that as soon as you can, you're, you're excited to uh, finally take in and absorb. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the boy in the hair and that's coming out yeah. soon in a couple a weeks. Really um, solid answer. If we go out a little bit further, I am one of those people. I do enjoy uh, sequels, even though mm -hmm. they fail us so many times over. I'll still, boy, I'm part of the problem. I'll go pay my money and watch it. Uh, <laughs> Beetlejuice 2, super excited to yeah. see what they do with that. Uh, sure. Deadpool 3, very excited to go yes. see that. Um, a couple couple dark horses that uh, are questionable. There's one called Lisa Frankenstein that, oddly yeah. enough, is coming out in February. A very yeah. odd, like... This yep. is Scream's October release, but they're doing it in February. Whatever, fine. Mm -hmm. Also, that's one I kind of want to check out. Um, and even uh, what the Netflix one, uh, Damsel with the Dragon. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and um, Eleven from Stranger Things, whose name is escaping me at the moment. That looks right. interesting. Like I, It's caught my attention just enough to go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see what you're doing there and see what that's about. Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the Lisa Frankenstein especially is one that I really want to check out like just such an interesting idea and yeah a, a, a scary it's, movie i'm on board <laughs> it's well and it's like hard to tell comedy. like are they yeah are they leaning into the cheesiness of it or the comedy yeah. or the horror or are they going to try and mix them all and will it come out if you know will they succeed i don't know time will tell yeah. we'll find out in february yep yep oh good good choices uh the last question chad the name of the show is let's talk about uh, mm -hmm. i rate my movies using the taco scale so chad I would like for you to craft for me your yeah. perfect taco. What are we doing? What kind of protein are we using? Make that, oh, yeah. make me a delicious taco. I am really into chicken street tacos. Okay. And, yeah. and uh, the person who makes them the best, number one, sadly doesn't have a food truck anymore. So the big orange food Ooh. truck was owned by a very dear friend of mine, Dean, and he makes the best chicken street tacos and to the point where i have had him like cater me a week's worth of chicken tacos with his main it's a pineapple mango salsa mix of some kind i have no idea what goes into any of it but it's the most delicious thing ever and i'm sure if i went to him and i said dean please make me some chicken tacos i'm sure he would do it for me um and and i every wherever he had his food truck out i would purposely go and drive 
to get his food um oh. and specifically whatever taco he was he didn't always have chicken tacos sometimes he did beef sometimes he did uh pork uh and those were always good as well but there was something about those chicken tacos uh i love a good pineapple salsa or a yeah. salsa that's citrus based in some variety so sure. if if we're having tacos that's where i'm headed i'm heading for chicken street taco with a citrus based uh salsa of some kind oh awesome uh chad this really has just been an absolute treat for me i have i have really enjoyed uh getting to have this chat with you uh where can people i, I don't know if you're I, I know you have an instagram <laughs> is that where you would like to kind of drive people to online if people want to uh follow you after listening to this episode i mean it's pretty obvious what i post on there so if you want to see some <laughs> disney things uh, Disney nut underscore Chad is me on Instagram. Um, I do post other things like I I'm, I'm a runner. I enjoy doing stuff, uh, running. So you'll see some of that. I enjoy Halloween and scary stuff. You'll see some of that. And then you'll just see a lot of other really random crap that comes up in my day, uh, that I throw out there. Uh, Chad, this has just been a blast. I am, yeah, this has I been am a hoot. so, uh, so grateful that you, uh, uh, did this episode. So grateful that you reached out. Uh, I'll take a second to say that that's the cool thing. I really yeah. mean it every time at the end of the show, when somebody, when I say, if you want to be on the show, email me, I would love to talk with you. Uh, that is what Chad did. Chad reached out and we had, you know, we've, uh, met at the state theater, um, what was that for? I can't remember what the movie was now that we were Oh gosh. There I don't know. I've been there for so many uh, now. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but it was just, it was a, you know, really, a really nice chat and you emailed yeah. me and, and uh, you know, asked about being on the show and told me your story. And I was like, yes, I, I want to talk to you. And we had uh, what I think is a great conversation. Like I great think success. Yeah. A lot of fun. Oh, this was uh, a hoot. So Chad, Oh yeah. Thank you again so, so much. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe somewhere down the road, we'll have to have you on and talk about Bill and Ted's bogus journey. You know, I think it's almost fate that we have to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, a huge, huge thank you to Mr. Chad Barker. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> that was a ton of fun. Uh, and again, a movie that I highly recommend. Um, I just, it makes me want to watch the Shaggy Dog again. It makes me want to watch this again. Like I, I, I feel like I will probably put this on again sometime very soon. Probably sooner than some of the like new releases uh, that have come out in this past year that I enjoyed. This might be one that I watch uh, before that. So, yeah, great movie. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please follow all things Fat Dude Digs Flicks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, wherever you can find a social media. Just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and you will find me there. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Like this podcast. Rate and review this podcast. Share this podcast with your friends. I'm going to keep doing this show um, until I don't want to uh and i'm you know because i like it uh but it would always be cooler to have some more listeners and the best way to do that is with your help so if you know somebody who enjoys movie podcasts or conversation podcasts uh let them know that we're out here also if you uh, are on apple podcasts or spotify you can leave a rating and a review uh but also please subscribe apple podcasts spotify Amazon Music, Good Pods, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, 
would like to be a guest, please send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. Uh, like I did with Chad, I would love to talk to you. Whatever story you've got, if you if there's a movie you love, I want to hear why. Like, I just, I really enjoy that. So please, send an email if you have any interest in being on the show. Or if you want to, like, send a recommendation my way or anything like that. I am fully on board. So please, please uh, reach out. FatDudeDigsFlix at gmail.com. Um, also, subscribe to a friend of the show, the podcast, Screams from the Basement. Uh, I just wrapped up my horror month, but these guys are doing horror podcasts all year round. Um, and they are just, they're great. They're just great, even even when they're wrong. Uh, Stephen King tier ranking had some had some errors guys it had some it had some errors uh, some movies were too high some were too low that's okay that's okay you guys are still great screamers from the basement please make sure you uh follow and subscribe to them as well uh they're doing the uh, uh gory lord's work um i think that's it i don't think i have anything else i need to plug Oh, I didn't mean to say, if you do subscribe to this podcast, not only do you get Let's Talk About, but you also get the Criterion Break, where I am joined by Blake Ginnethan and Derek Verink, and we discuss our love for the Criterion Collection proper and the Criterion Channel. So, uh, two podcasts, two podcasts, two podcasts for the price of one bonus. Now that's it. Now I'm done. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll actually, I will be back next week. Next week, we're kicking off the naughty list. That's right. Movies that I uh, don't particularly care for that I'm going to revisit uh, and chat with somebody who loves them to see if... I mean, it's not even really to see if my opinion changes. I'm not... I mean, I like if it does, but I just want to hear from someone who appreciates a movie that I don't, just to kind of like, uh, you know, be a be a passenger on their joy. Uh, so next week we are kicking that off. Uh, I had so much fun with it last year. I'm ready to do it again, and I'm going to keep doing it because I've got a lot of movies <laughs> that that fit that criteria. So we'll be back here next week. Same fat time, same fat channel, and let's talk about movies. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.